Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In his short work, What is Art, Leo Tolstoy is going to devote chapter 7 to, you might say, disentangling and, and if you want to use the word, deconstructing a fusion that often takes place between words expressing moral values. He thinks that this is fundamentally mistaken. And this is not as big of an issue in our time with the three particular words that he's using, but similar things happen with other value terms as well, where perhaps the cool or the innovative get translated into the good, right? And, and there's this blurring of categories that he wants to resist. He thinks that this happens all the way back in ancient Greek thoughts about goodness and beauty. And he says that the highest perfection of the good and not only coincident with beauty, but mainly opposed to it, which the Jews already knew in the time of Isaiah and which was fully expressed by Christianity, was completely unknown to the Greeks. They thought that the beautiful must necessarily also be good. Then he says, true, the foremost thinkers, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, sensed that the good might not coincide with beauty. Socrates expressly subordinated beauty to the good. Plato, in order to unite the two ideas, spoke of a spiritual beauty. Now, you know, he's glossing over things very quickly here. We know that, that Socrates is very interested in Tolkien, right, in beauty. And we see that if Plato's symposium is really faithful to Socrates, and if not, it's at least faithful to Plato, that we have the form of the beautiful and we have the form of the good, and they're really the, the same thing. There's a lot of distrust of being seduced by beauty in Plato, but there's a lot of connection between the two as well. And Aristotle uses tokalon to mean the noble, right? So there's some real problems with this, according to Tolstoy, in ancient Greek reflections on aesthetics and ethics. Part of the problem is they weren't even distinguishing between those two, right? They weren't separate areas of study. And then we have the Christian Middle Ages, which for the most part, the aesthetics of Tolstoy's time is ignoring. And then we have, as he calls it, the rise of aesthetics in the wake of Baumgarten. If you haven't read Baumgarten, that's okay. He talks about the trinity of good, truth, and beauty in the astonishing theory of Baumgarten, according to which it turns out the best that can be done by the art of peoples who've lived 1800 years of Christian life is to adopt as its ideal the same one that was held by a small half-savage slave-owning people 2000 years ago who portrayed naked human bodies very well and built buildings pleasing to the eye. And he says, learned men now write long, vaporous treatise on beauty as one member of the aesthetic trinity, the beautiful, the true, the good. And he gives us the German, das Schöne, das Wahre, das Gute, and the French, le beau, le vrai, le bon, with capital letters, right? What is Tolstoy complaining about here? What is he resisting here? This notion of blurring these categories together far too easily. And we could say, well, wait a second. Didn't he read Kant? Doesn't he know that Kant is already disentangling these different areas of value apart from each other? And yes, that's, that's true. But Tolstoy is also criticizing the culture of his time. 
And he wants to point out to us that these concepts are, as he says, incommensurable with each other. So he's going to strip these apart from each other and say that art is going to have to take this discordance into account. How does he distinguish them? He says, the moment we renounce for a time this habit of regarding this trinity as having the truth of the religious trinity and ask ourselves what we always understand is the meaning of the three words of this, we will be convinced beyond doubt how utterly fantastic is the uniting of these three utterly different and above all incommensurable words and concepts. Now that's rather high dudgeon there that he's in, isn't it? But he is making an important point. There is a non-coincidence between the good, the true, the beautiful. If there is a coincidence, it would have to be in some sort of transcendent object, not in the world in which we make artworks and appreciate artworks. So what is the good? Now, not everybody's gonna agree with his concept of the good here, but just follow along and see where he's going with this. He tells us, the good is the eternal, the highest aim of our life. No matter how we understand the good, our life is nothing else than a striving towards the good. And then he clarifies that is towards God. So he's talking about the summum bonum, the highest good, the supreme good, the one that puts other things in perspective, the one lacking which we will not be truly content or, or happy. He's not saying that nothing else is good, but he's saying that this is really central to the concept of the good. And he tells us that it's a fundamental concept which metaphysically constitutes the essence of our consciousness, a concept undefinable by reason. Why? Because this is the concept which defines, not a concept that can be defined. Okay, so we've got the concept of the good now. And again, it doesn't matter whether we agree or disagree with this construal of the good. We want to see whether it's going to coincide with the concept of beauty and the concept of truth. So then he says, the beautiful is nothing other than what is pleasing to us. If we strip away all the other things that we say about the beautiful, what we mean is something that produces a favorable impression of pleasure with us. He says, so this tells us something. The concept of beauty not only does not coincide with the good, they are two different concepts, but is rather the opposite of it. The good, for the most part, coincides with a triumph over our predilections, while beauty is the basis of all our predilections. So beauty often leads us astray from the good, and beauty is also, you know, to some degree seductive into making us think, if we're willing to do this, that what is pleasing to us is therefore good. Good as such, the good. So there's a, not only non-coincidence, but an opposition here that we have to be concerned about. He says, the more that we give ourselves to beauty, the more we are removed from the good. And then he says, somebody might object. There's a moral and spiritual beauty. And he says, here you're playing with words. What do you mean by moral or spiritual beauty? It's not the same thing as the beauty of the landscape or the beauty of the very ripe pear that you're holding to your nose and smelling before you take a bite out of, out of the juicy flesh of it and taste the sweetness, right? That's not what moral or spiritual beauty really is. He says, that's actually goodness. So 
Spiritual beauty or the good for the most part not only does not coincide with what is usually meant by beauty, but is also the opposite of it. So two legs of the stool or two parts of the Trinity are now sundered from each other. What about truth? So here he says, it's less possible to assign this oneness with the good or the beautiful, but even any independent existence at all, which is a rather strong claim. So what is truth according to Tolstoy? Here he, he has a definition for you. Correspondence between manifestation or definition of an object and its essence or understanding of the object common to all people. Is this a correspondence theory of truth? It kind of sounds that way because of the term correspondence, but it's between an object and its essence. So that's a little bit different than say the word or thought and the, you know, what we call the reality that it's referencing. So what exactly is his theory of truth? It's a little bit tricky here to explain, but it's not going to coincide with beauty or truth. He tells us, first of all, the concepts of beauty and truth are not only not equal with the, the good, not only are uh, not of one essence with the good, but do not even coincide with it. So, you know, that's a problem because he says truth is the correspondence between the manifestation and essence of the object. It's one means of attaining to the good, but in itself, truth is neither the good nor the beautiful. So he says Socrates and Pascal regarded a knowledge of the truth of useless objects as discordant with the good. Seneca is another great example as well. And then he says, what about beauty? So this is where it gets really interesting. As for beauty, truth has nothing in common with it and is for the most part opposed to it. Why? Because while exposing deception, truth de destroys illusion, which then Tolstoy says is the main condition of beauty. So when you're revealing the truth of things, you are creating conditions in which it becomes difficult for things that are pleasant to us, that are beautiful for us to retain that quality. So truth does not coincide with beauty any more than it coincides with goodness. And what are we left with? These three are fundamentally different notions and we shouldn't harness them together and assume that they're going to lead to each other. He says the arbitrary uniting of these three incommensurable. Now notice what he says next, mutually alien, mutually foreign concepts served as the basis for the astonishing theory, according to which the difference between good art conveying good feelings and bad art conveying wicked feelings was totally obliterated. And one of the lowest manifestations of art, art for mere pleasure, against which all teachers of mankind have warned people, came to be regarded as the highest art. So why was he carrying out this analysis and, and criticism and these distinctions? Because he thinks that in his own time, and we might say that our own time has a similar set of challenges before it, as art became a matter of beauty and pleasure. Or we could, if we want to extend it even further and get away from beauty, just say any sort of positive aesthetic response on our part, when that became the definer of good art, then the danger is if we think that beauty is the same thing as goodness or the same thing as truth, we will easily get sucked in. And we could use other aesthetic categories as well. The interesting, the creative, the uncanny, all of these things that grip us, they're not thereby good. 
just because that happens and they're not thereby true or revelatory of some deeper, greater truth. That's the thing that, that Tolstoy is particularly worried about. And that's why he goes into this critical analysis. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.